0: Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony
1: D'Urso. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us sure the title of today's interview has captured your attention. We're going to talk about making a million with Susie Carter. Now, is that what it's all about? Is it the gold that we're after, like a million bucks? I think a lot of us have that goal, most of us perhaps. And while I'm not interested in being a billionaire, having a few million is just fine with me. And we have so much to cover. I've got 52,003 questions. So I'm going to make this little intro really short. But while we're at it this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality we want to help you scale to a million bucks and beyond yep that's right if you're listening to this that's what this is all about so let's let's uh let's get into this let's find out more and uh first of all a little bit about Susie carter she's created two 10 million dollar companies not one but two and you could say that Her core genius is the ability to make things really, really, really simple. I said that about three times. She creates a, a very, um, very proven system that's guaranteed. Now I did say that word guaranteed to create dynamic and dramatic growth for any company. And are you ready for this? She's helped over 100,000 entrepreneurs increase their revenues by more than 3000%. And she's worked with top business moguls all over the world that are household names. You recognize, you know, many of them today. So I want to ask you that question. Do you want your revenue to grow more than 3000%? Let's raise our hands. Let's get into it. Hi, Hi, Susie. Welcome to the Tony Dierso Show.
0: Tony, thank you for having me. And more importantly, thank you for doing what you do. We need more people like you sharing the good message, finding amazing people to enlighten us, to help transform our lives. So thank you for being a leader in this industry.
1: The honor is mine. It's so much fun to connect entrepreneurs and small businesses and and career-minded people to connect them with people at the top of their category our elite entrepreneurs such as you and we're all looking forward to making a million with you and learn about your process but kind of let's go we'll go back a step i've i just said just a tiny smidgen about you so what's your backstory Susie? i got a juicy backstory right
0: i didn't grow up this way i didn't grow up knowing how to do this I'm one
1: of nine
0: kids. Tony, Bobby, Ronnie, Stevie, Terry, Joni, Shelley, Susie, Kelly, Debbie. (laughs) We had nine kids, 1,200 square feet, one bathroom, six girls, three boys. I don't know where we all fit when I look at that. The only thing I learned about money as a kid is there is none. Don't ask. (laughs) So I started out, my vocation was I was a hairdresser and I found myself early on. My picker was off, my friend. I married this man who was just so dreamy, had muscles, a car, a checkbook. I'm like, this must be love. (laughs) This must be good husband material. But I found myself as a single mom with two little girls, 18 months and 16 months old, with no child support, no alimony, and had to figure out this money thing quick to provide for my children. And I would go to bookstores. I would try to figure out how do I market? How do I get clients to come into my business? and quickly built my business to a quarter of a million dollars now to give you a little bit of context the average hairdresser at that time would make thirty thousand dollars so i really learned how to get customers in to see me in marketing i learned how to monetize every single customer that was there and then paul mitchell came to me and said what are you doing how are you making so much money and so I shared, here's what I'm doing. Here's my referral campaign. Here's how I track it. Here's my average ticket. Very transparent. Just we're In school, we're taught to pass a board. We're not taught to build a business. And so I started doing these little cluster classes with Paul Mitchell to help other salon and spa owners how to build a business. And quickly they came to me and said, Susie, I love what you do. Do you have a book? I'm like, No, I'm just teaching you how to do this. I don't have a book. I'm a hairdresser and no, no fault to hairdressing. I just, I I didn't start it as a business. I really just wanted to share the good news. And so then I wrote a book and uh, realized that a book is a really expensive business card, that there wasn't money in a book. (laughs) It was a great leverage tool. And from my students and doing these cluster classes, I started a training and development company from them saying, Oh, love the book. Hate to read Susie. Do you have a program? No, I don't have a program. I'm just, again, it wasn't my primary, you know, income. It was this side hustle that I was doing to contribute to my industry. So my industry pushed me into this business called consulting and training and, it, you know, we, I built a multimillion dollar training and development company from my customer saying, do you have this? Can I buy that? Can you teach me? Can you can you coach me? You know, back in the day in the 90s, the coaches, that was not a popular word. I remember reading a Forbes magazine going, I could be an executive coach. That's what I could. That's the new hot thing that's happening. Executive coaching. So I'm a I'm a rebel entrepreneur. I'm just like most of the people listening to this show. Tony had a great idea, wanted to serve, and then I had to figure out how to monetize it.
1: Susie's really interesting story. And by the way, I think our parents were originally neighbors with your parents because that phrase, we don't have any money. It was just being passed around. <laughs> I was like, we were a family of six immigrants from Italy, from Sicily. And it was the same thing. There was never any money. That's why I started my entrepreneur career, if you want to call it that, as a paper boy at the age of five years old. But that's a different story.
0: That's a good story too though. Five years old, that's a hustle, right? I love it.
1: Thank you. And I'm I'm listening to you and I, I'm getting your, your 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 backstory in my mind here and you're raising your children and I'm thinking, here you are, you just wanted to make it go. You just wanted to to have money put shoes on the children, feed them, give them a good education, et cetera. And there was a point where you marketed it so well, maybe not knowing all that you were doing or or the words that it was called. Oh, is this called marketing? You may not (laughs) have known those words, but you did so well at it. And I'm thinking there was a point where you had a surplus. You had abundance. There was food in the refrigerator. The vehicle was gassed up. Your, Your kids didn't have holes in their shoes or their clothes or et cetera. But you kept going and kept going and kept going millions after millions. So I ask the key question here at this point, why, why did you keep going? What's that purpose?
0: Well, one is I wanted to teach my children how to build something. I wanted to have them to be able to be independent and not rely on other people for their financial success. Right. And then, you know, I bought a home and I started, you know, you want more, more, more as you're building your career and building your business. But it started out just creating a legacy for my children of how can I show them, you know, growing up in that large family, my dad was very old school. He was like, when you get it, when you turn 18, go get a job, go get a man. That's your job. A man is supposed to provide for you. That was how I grew up. And so when that didn't work out, I was like, well, I've been sold this bill of goods (laughs) that a man's supposed to. Now that's old thinking, generational thinking, but that was part of my money blueprint, if you will, and having to shift that. So I wanted my children, my daughters, I have two daughters to really look at if it's meant to be, it's up to me. You can create anything that you want. You can have anything that you want, right? There's the work ethic. You have a great idea. Let's monetize that idea. Um, Both of my daughters are self-sufficient, right? One is an equity investor. She went the traditional route in school. She went to Harvard. She went to Wharton. I say I did too, because I helped pay for that. (laughs) (laughs) I have the bill for that. Right. So she's uh, more of a textbook learner where my youngest one is an entrepreneur. So she's a makeup artist, esthetician for uh, medical spas. And so she does uh, makeup for film, television, and print, has an entrepreneurial spirit, that hustle muscle. So they're, they both have both sides of me. The you know, I'm an advocate for lifelong learning. I do have my PhD. I've studied really hard for that PhD. And that's my public high school diploma. <laughs> 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 and most of my education, Tony, is stuff like this. I needed to learn something. I went to a class. I learned it. If I got sued by an employee, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to, you know, a business uh, loss class to look at what, ch- check the boxes, mark the boxes. If I needed business finance, I went to a small business finance class to uh, start to understand. So my business grew of a need of me trying to figure out and try to understand how do I take my business to the next level? And back in the day, that was harder to find than it is today. I'd go to bookstores, right? The bookstores was my university. I'd go and sit on the floor and and find the marketing books, find the finance books and read it. And then I didn't have the money back then, Tony. So I'd get the book, write it down. Then I would go across down to the used bookstore, find that same used <laughs> book for 25 cents or 50 cents and buy that book. So I believe that, you know, Benjamin Franklin says, take the coins from your purse Invest them in your mind, and your mind will fill your purse overflowing. And so that was my philosophy with my children. That was my philosophy with myself is what do I need to learn to go to that next level? And so I've had 10 businesses, right? Two $10 million businesses, but I have three businesses currently right? I have a a membership business. I have this business, consulting business. I have a real estate investment company, right? So I'm always looking at diversification and how do I leverage the talent called Susie, right? I'm my best asset. How do I
1: leverage that, monetize that and grow that? I'm very impressed. We're talking about making a million with Susie Carter, and you can find her at SusieCarter.com. That's S-U-S-I-E-C-A-R-E. D-E-R dot com. Susie, we're going to drill down into your vision path. Maybe you've answered some of this. Maybe you touched upon it. But I want to find out, like, as you're saying all this, I'm going, what's her secret to building all this? Was that it? Was that it? So let me just ask you, what's your secret to building all these multi-million dollar companies?
0: The first thing I did, right, when I realized that I had to have, when I, when I, at about 250, right, that was my... Tipping point. That's all I could do individually as a technician. I couldn't take it any further. I couldn't see any more clients. I felt like I was at the top of my price point. So I hired a coach. Now that coach back in the day, Tony, we're looking in, you know, in the nineties, it was $1,800 to sit with her. That was a VIP day back then to sit with her, to put my plan together. And so we sat down and put together a strategic plan. And that was so out of my box and wheelhouse and foreign and like, well, it sounded so grown up. Let me just say it that way. And when I start coaching clients, the first thing I do is where's your plan? It can't be in your head. We have to get it on paper. It doesn't have to be hard. It has to be strategic. And so in my book, Power Your Profits, that's my new book published by Simon & Schuster, Chapter two is putting the plan in place because you've got to put that plan in place and get it out of your head. So if I start working with Tony, he can look at my plan and say, oh, here's our avatar, right? Here's how many units we want to sell. Here's what we're going to sell. Before you even spend dollar one, if you spend time to put that plan together, you can see, do you have a viable business or not? Now I'm going to tell you a story and tell you a secret, right? That most people would never share this part of the story. They'll share the front end, but not the back end. So when I owned my salon and spa, we were the top 1% in the nation and the top 10% in the world. We were an award-winning salon um, known as, all over the world, right, for our productivity, for our average ticket, for our productivity per square foot, right, for for our service sales, our retail sales, our percentage of growth. So we did $1.2 million and an award-winning in every magazine, and that year I lost $70,000. So it didn't matter that we had all these accolades. We were never set up to be profitable, but in all my research, you know, I always thought profit was something that was left over, right? Oh, I'll have profit and then that'll be a bonus. Well, if you don't plan for it, it doesn't occur. And so that year I remember sitting down with my partner bowling, going, I-, I could go work at McDonald's and make more money than this. I'm working so hard to achieve these accolades, to win these awards and invest in my team. And if I wasn't doing the numbers I was doing, we would have been bankrupt. Right. I was still doing a quarter of a million dollars as a hairdresser. So that money went to pay my overhead. I'm like, this isn't a successful business, but nobody was talking about that. Right. That's like the behind the the curtain. And so I made it my vow that I'm one going to tell people that it's it's easy to get there. But if you're not managing the numbers and nobody likes math, I mean, come on, there's a very small percentage of people that like to do math. But I say math is money and money is fun. Right, I don't like to do math either, but I like the benefit of the money that comes in. I can do more for my community, I can do more for my family, I can buy shoes. I love shoes and glasses, right? So, I like the freedom that money gives me. So, profit is planned for. And that, that all stems from a strategic plan. And chapter eight in the book, Tony is called math is money. Money is fun, right? So if you hate math, go directly to chapter eight so that you can see the spreadsheet, see the formula, see the pricing. Now, the interesting thing, the reason I lost 70,000 is my price point was off by $5 on every service. So a haircut off by $5, a color off by $5, right? So overall, if you look at the average customer that came into me, I might've been losing $20 to $75 on every customer. Well, you times that times 300 customers at the end of the per month, at the end of the year, it's 70 grand. So I had to reverse engineer it. I didn't know it was called then back then, right? That's my fancy terminology now. So I had to reverse engineer to go, why? Like what should the pricing be so that your weakest link Right, the person that's not a superstar, your average employee, you're still profitable with that average employee. So it's the hard lessons, the bloody knees, bloody elbows, the doing it wrong that had me question, like, wait a minute, how do I do this right? Wait a minute, how do I be profitable? Wait a minute, I didn't want to be a fraud. I didn't want to be like some charlatan. So I'm really committed to sharing the truth to go, this journey has been bumpy. This journey has not been easy. This journey was not like, woohoo, just get it done. I think the difference is I have the tenacity to keep doing it, right? I have that fortitude to go, hmm, let me figure it out. You know, and again, I've always just relied on myself. So if I wanted to continue to provide for my children and give them the best education, which they both had, that takes money, right? Money is just the the exchange that
1: we do for products and services in the world. Now, Susie, you've taught and trained over a hundred thousand entrepreneurs as i mentioned earlier and for everyone listening as i understand it so far the takeaway the first thing that i that i should have in place that we should have in place to build a company is we need a plan a full plan but there's got to be more to it than here's my plan it's got stuff on it so can you tell us some of that secret sauce what's the stuff that's got to be in our plan
0: Yes. So if you look at statistically, 15% of every entrepreneur's success is their vocation. It's their technical ability. So for me as a coach and a speaker, this is 15% of my success. The other 85% is the sales. How am I going to sell it? The marketing, how am I going to go find those customers that want what I have? The operations, what are the things I need to put in place so that business runs without me? And then the finances. And so your business plan has the sales, marketing, operations, and finance in it. Right. Your 15 percent. Don't get me wrong. Has to be amazing. You've got to be the best of the best. You have to work on that as well. But my job as a strategic coach is to work on the 85 percent because I'm not going to coach doctors on how to be doctors. You went to a lot of schooling for that. You know how to do that. But I can coach you on how to run your practice. Right. Graphic designers. I can t- teach you how to run your business and how to price your services I'm not going to tell you how to do the vocation of what you're doing, right? Same thing with attorneys, same things with landscape designers, right? So students started coming from me, right? I was in that beauty niche and they're like, Susie, will you coach me? And at first, Tony, I was scared. I'm like, I know nothing about a medical practice. No. And you have way more education than I do, right? That limiting mindset of, am I good enough? Can I teach this? Can I not teach that? I had to get over that right? Because students kept coming up to me and say, will you coach me? Will you coach me? Will you coach me? And so my here was my strategy, Tony, back in the day, I'm like, I'm just going to double my price and they won't pay that. And then they'll go away. Well, they did not go away. They paid my double the price. I'm like, okay, I guess I got to figure this thing out called entrepreneurship. And the thing I learned in that, Tony, is business is business is business. We all have cost of goods, right? We all have fixed costs. And we all have a profit margin. And when I look at the accounting standards, they will tell you for every industry, what your profit should be, what your cost of goods should be, what your fixed, per, fixed cost should be so that you're working in percentages to go, oh, I have to keep this cost at 30% or 50%, whatever that number is, right? So the information now is out there. It's just you being disciplined enough to put that information together. So you make an educated decision as a business owner.
1: Susie, there's so much I want to go with this, and I want to know how you do it. But before I get into how you do it, which I can hear the audience going, "How does she do it? Teach me, teach me." I'm thinking, have you shared like perhaps the biggest lesson, the biggest thing that you've learned in growing a bu- in growing a business? Because we want to learn from your experience. So maybe there's something there that we can learn before we get more into the secret sauce of it all.
0: Yeah. So I would say the hardest lesson, the most humbling lesson, the most embarrassing lesson, the most eye-opening lesson, (laughs) I'm going to give you the meat, the dirt, the scoop. So in 2007, I just sold one of my businesses for $10 million. We got half the money up front and we got half the money on the back end. And so we got about $5 million in cash, pay taxes on that cash, right? We, we ha- still had our real estate investment company. So I've always invested in real estate. So I was heavily invested in that. And if you think back to 2007, that was a big bust, right? So what took me 20 years to build was destroyed overnight, right? So we lost about 10 million in assets, right? In our real estate investment, we had buildings, our personal home, we were upside down. We were so heavily leveraged. And Tony, I remember, you know, being on the floor crying and not like a pity party, but I'm like, I, I don't have 20 more years to rebuild this. I, I, I can't do this again, right? I, I was a good steward. And I remember praying, going, I I did everything my coaches said, I did everything that I thought I should do. I gave to my communities. Like I'm justifying with God, right? Like why? I I don't understand. And you know, when I was on the floor bawling, I wanted to stay there for a long time. I heard a voice inside my head that said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Get up. You know what to do. You know what to do. Go tell the people. (laughs) I am not telling people I just lost all my assets. But what I realized is it didn't take me 20 years because now I had the experience of those 20 years, right? And the lesson that I learned, because in every failure, I want to I learn the lesson. What did I learn? What did I learn? What did I learn? Right. So that my students, my friends, my colleagues don't have to go through the same lesson, right? Too, uh, I was investing too risky, right? I didn't have enough secure investment. And so it took me five years to rebuild those assets, not 20 years, because now I knew the system of money. Now I understood what I needed to do. I did the exact same strategies I did before, but I was not leveraged as heavy as I was leveraged before. And so I had two clients at that time. I had Lisa Nichols, who's one of the top motivational speakers in the world. And I had John Aseroff, who it runs um, uh, Brain Science. And so John's company, I did a turnaround situation for him. And Lisa, I built her company from 80,000 to 10 million. I just did for them what I had done for myself. And that gave me the confidence again to go, oh, I didn't, you know, I was throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? You're, you're in a failure, whether it's a failed marriage, failed financially. We just, you know, hit her beat ourselves over the head and go, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I, I should have known better. I did all that stuff, but at the same time working through it, because again, I had to still provide for my family, right? I'm still the money, the breadwinner. I'm still the person providing. So I didn't have a lot of time to have a, a long pity party. I had a pity party my friend, but not a long pity party. And so that that's part of business. And I I don't, you know, that's not good news or bad news. It just is like, you will have the high highs and the low lows, right? Depending on what you're doing in your business, right? We all experienced some kind of hiccup, bump, collapse when the pandemic hit, but the pandemic isn't an anomaly, There's always a recession, a depression, a pandemic, a something that's going to happen in the economy. It's do you have um, the tenacity to weather the storm? Do you have the conviction to weather the storm? I had a conviction for myself and my children. I had a conviction for my clients to say, let me help you not make this mistake. You might make another one, but you're not going to make this one. So that was probably the biggest
1: Hard lesson. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And as you've s- just said, l- literally, can I say everybody, a hundred percent, we've all had some issues in the past couple yes. of years with what's gone on. We've been affected, or family or friends have been affected, or thrown out of business, or brought down to our knees. I had something similar in a, in a prior business. Four times in seven years, we were taken down to our knees be- because of new federal regulations, and. So I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with the ups and downs. And as a result of that, we are at times low on funds. We don't have very much. We need more ingenuity and more more brain work to figure out how to get things done than money. So for us that that need that help, what can you share with us to that can take perhaps a little bit of money and go a long way?
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna say that when I, when the pandemic hit, I'll just give this recent. <laughs> challenge we're all experiencing, right? The minute I did was I looked at my profit and loss and went, where's the fat, right? Where's the things that's nice to have, but not needed to have, right? So I looked at software that I was using that was nice, but I wasn't using it on a daily basis, right? I cut my PR expenses, right? I was launching my book, Power Your Profits. I'm like, I don't need that expense. I will be a rogue marketer, right? So I started cutting the fat and then kept the meat, which were salaries. I let a couple people go, right? But I kept the main people that were helping me produce the results. And then the next thing I went is what's my sales strategy, right? I hate someone telling me no, right? I'm an entrepreneur because nobody's the boss of me. (laughs) When I got married, Tony to my kid's dad, my grandma pulled my, well, we call my husband now, pulled my husband aside. And she said, I don't know why you're marrying her. she don't listen. <laughs> 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 Grandma was old school too, right? And so I don't want you to tell me no. I just want you to tell me how much. And in business, I find that entrepreneurs can do, they work one or two ways. They can work on the gross number. So if I say, Tony, we're going to do $1.2 million a year, that means we got to sell 100 grand a month. A lot of entrepreneurs that would just make them check out, overwhelm you, you know, put you to bed. So I learned for myself and I learned this from me because if you told me, Susie, you got to sell 100,000, 300,000, I'm just going to go cross-eyed. But if you said, Susie, you just need to sell 10 of these things, 10 of these things will give you 100 grand. Oh, well, I can sell 10 of those things in 30 days. That's easy to do. What do I need to do every day to close those 10 sales? Right? So again, it all boils down to a formula. And I'm, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a CPA. This did not come natural for me. I created these rogue spreadsheets so that I could understand how many units do I need to sell? How many customers do I need to talk to based on my closing percentage? So my closing percentage is one in five. So I, if I want to close 10 people, I've got to talk to 50 people to close 10 people. And that's the formula. So I don't have to think I've got to talk to all these people. Nope, 50. 50 qualified people will get me my 10 sales. Now, sometimes my closing ratio is higher. It might be, you know, 100% for that call. But on average, it's one in five. And so when you know the numbers, you stop beating yourself up. So a lot of times we're going, I just suck. Well, do you suck or does your marketing or lead strategy suck? I believe, Tony, that business where's my, is like this combination lock. So I'm holding up a combination lock like we had in school, right? Or if you go to the gym, you have a a dial combination lock. And do you remember these, Tony? Like you'd stand at that locker and you would do the dial and it felt like 10 minutes, but it was probably two minutes, right? Trying to open the combination. Well, business is like this combination. One tick off and this sucker's not gonna open. So if you have a tick off in your sales, not gonna open. If you have one tick off in your marketing, not going to open. If you have one tick off in operations, right? If you don't have follow-up strategy, not going to open. So instead of me beating myself up, if I'm not looking at, if I am get distracted, you know, we are, we're entrepreneurs, squirrel, sparkle, <laughs> then I can look at, well, what about the combination? Does it work? So it allows me to objectively not beat myself up because we as entrepreneurs, we beat ourselves up continuously. So it allows me to look at, oh, my lead strategy, I might be getting leads in, but they're not the right leads. So how do we find those qualified leads to hit the result that you want to create, which is your financial plan. The financial plan is the foundation. And I'm not talking about a financial plan where you don't believe in it because there's sometimes we put a plan together. It's so big that it scares you, but it immobilizes you. So I don't want it to immobilize you. I want it to excite you. I want it to push you a little bit, get you out of your comfort zone. And then the rubber meets the road. What action do I need to do today to hit that revenue goal?
1: Susie, you mentioned a few times your book. And first, uh, two two questions here. One is we, we can go to susiecarter.com and get the book. And the other thing is while I hear you and you know your stuff, you have talked to talk and you walk to walk, you talk to talk. You're a doer. You just don't say do this. You've you, you've accomplished far more than 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 a lot. You're you're way up there in terms of accomplishment. But still, I want to ask you: There's so many books on making money, on profiting, on entrepreneurship, etc. What what would you say is makes your book so unique?
0: Well, my book is based on 30 years of business and building 10 multi-million dollar companies and two $10 million companies. It's the roadmap of how do you build a $10 million company, whether you're starting with 10,000, right? Because my first business is I bootstrapped. I had no money, right? I was a single mom trying to figure out how to feed my babies, right? From bootstrapping. So every dollar in, 50 cents went to me, 50 cents went to the business, Or every dollar in a dollar went to the business. And I hope the next week that I would make, you know, $2. And so it's the roadmap of building the foundation of building a business. Now, what I love about the book, my editor, she's a genius, right? She helped me put it in chronological order and step-by-step, but it's really not that kind of book. I'm an entrepreneur. So my, my learning style is A, B, C, E, elephant, zebra, G F I. Right. (laughs) So I'm kind of, we're all over the place. And as an entrepreneur, you might be starting out and you're you're doing six figures, but you need to figure out I'm, I'm not good at sales. So if you're not good at sales, go directly to chapter six, selling your services. I give you my hundred thousand dollar script that I use still every single day when I'm on sales calls with clients. I pull up my sales script and I follow the script because the script works. I've been using it for 25 years, right? So I'm giving you the it that you need to grow a business. Every chapter has an assessment. So you're assessing where you're at. I'm not giving you theory or concepts. So where are you in your sales cycle? And I give you here the 10 highest income producing activities under sales. Here's the highest income producing activities under finance, under marketing, under operations, under exit strategy. So you can rate yourself and then you can have a roadmap to go, oh, in sales, I need drip campaigns. I need follow-up sequence. I need client fulfillment. There's so much in sales that we think, well, what happens after somebody buys something? What's, what is that relationship then? So I'm giving you the roadmap for every piece of your business from your mindset, right? Your net worth will only go as high as your self-worth, Tony. And so if I don't have a high net worth, if I don't, a self-worth, if I don't believe that I can do it, if I don't believe my clients will pay it, then, then I'm right. My clients won't pay it, right? So many people in this pandemic have exhaled and so many people have failed. Well, what's the difference? Nine times out of 10, it's mindset. People have got into fear and scarcity and poverty and war and, oh my God, we're all dying. And then some people took advantage of people are sitting at home. Let's get them on the computer. Let's get them on Zoom. Let's let's serve the market the way the market wants to be served. Because I know from my business right now, Tony, what worked last year is not working this year. So again, it's pivoted again. And if you're not willing to look at that, you'll go out of business. And so I'm not saying this has been an easy journey through this, this current pandemic, right? The other one was a financial market crash, right? Before it was a recession or a depression. Those, there will always be something. We have to look at our business like this combination lock to go, what's the formula today that's going to open up the financial freedom, right? Because all roads lead to finances, either negative or
1: positive. Susie you've brought up so many good points. I want to flip it around just a little bit. Maybe maybe it's not a full flip but not 180 degrees. But you've 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 got your book, you've got your script, you've got your methodology. You you've been doing it for so long, you're very very successful. Just to kind of recap. I'd like to know What's your biggest challenge right now? What are you facing that's, that you really got to think with? Cause, cause some of the stuff is like, yeah, we've been through the depression, the depression and the madness and the this and that we don't know what the future holds. So, so what's happening with you right now on that?
0: Yeah. So I love that because I want to be transparent. So again, I I just said it earlier, what worked last year is not working this year. So we all move. So my, I have a training and development company. And so the old model was live physical trainings to an invitation to purchase. Right. And we did millions doing that. When the pandemic hit, you couldn't be live anymore. I didn't know Tony that we could make the same money on a virtual event because we'd never done it, but we didn't have to do it. Right. It's kind of like, providing for my children. I didn't have to, when I was married, I had this cushion called a husband and his paycheck. So I was really, I was doing business, but not like all of a sudden I had to do it right now. All of a sudden we all had to change our model and go from live, live interaction with consumer. It didn't matter what business you were in. Right. I had several real estate brokers that worked for me. You could no longer show home. So you had to be creative. So everybody had to pivot. So now in the marketplace, people are done with Zoom. They're financially fatigued. They're Zoom fatigued. They're like, I don't want to get on another Zoom, right? They've had, they're burnt out. They've consumed so much education without implementation. And so now we're looking at, okay, they're done being on Zoom. They don't show up, right? So we used to have a 50% show up rate, meaning if 900 people signed up, half those people would show up right? And then from those 50% that showed up, then a percentage of those, we would close into some kind of program. Well, that's not working anymore. And so now we're going back looking at our, our combination lock to go, okay, that's not working anymore. So what are we doing now? So now we're going back to hybrid live events where we're doing small, shorter events, live physical events, right? We have a live physical event coming in September Um, in San Diego, three days, all business building, all about implementation. So implementing what you spent this whole three years learning. Now let's implement, let's get belly to belly, heart to heart. Let's network again, touch people again, experience that relationship again. So we're, we're all pivoting again and it boils down to who is that ideal qualified client and are you getting in front of them? So many people are lazy and they're just like, oh, everybody's my client. I want men or I want women. And then they go, I want them to make a hundred grand a year. Well, a hundred grand a year in LA and New York and Florida is poverty, right? So a hundred grand a year is not a lot of money. So it doesn't matter how much money they have. It's what's their disposable income. That's a juicy conversation. If you're looking at consumers, if you're looking at corporations, what kind of budgets do they have to invest in you, invest in your company, come in to come and train them? You can't just look at I want a ten million dollar company. Well, a ten million dollar company cannot be profitable. Only one point seven percent of small businesses hit the million dollar mark. One point seven percent. So it's important to understand, right? how much free cash flow that business has or that individual has that they could invest in your programs. And you might need to do price tweaks, right? So when we first started our pricing when we started is different than our pricing today. And be willing to try different things, different marketing, different pricing, different uh, modalities of how do you deliver your product or service? High touch, low touch, Automated, not automated. Be just be creative. That's what we love about being an entrepreneur is we get to be incredibly creative.
1: So true, and I love that part. Susie, the next question is a little hard to to put into a good question, so it might be a little a little long. And let me let me put it this way: because while you're talking, it just kind of came to me. We we entrepreneurs, we small business owners, we people that have a career job that are all us that are listening we have we are a certain way some you know i'm i'm italian so you know sometimes i go a little (laughs) wild and whatever but i i try to be very straightforward all the time some of us are more demure We're, we're all different people is where i'm getting at but when we see a successful entrepreneur we think oh i gotta be like that or should i be like that so it's kind of a difficult question but Is there a particular type of personality that we should evolve to be that you think would make us a better entrepreneur if I'm saying it right, but you kind of know where I'm going with this? Yeah. So I think the thing we need to train ourselves into being is
0: result driven. So people want different shapes, sizes, colors, ethnicity, you know, gender, transgender, binary, whatever it is, right? That, that's part of your niche. It doesn't matter. But what you need to learn to be is result oriented. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what task you've done. It's what results have you created today? Business is a result game. So I want you to learn to be result-oriented, outcome-oriented, not process-oriented. Even when you're marketing your product or service, people don't care about the program. What they care about is that the result that you help people create. So I help people create double, triple their income and double, triple their profit right? So I help people go from 1.4 million. Dr. Judy went from 1.4 million tapped out, stressed out, no capacity to in one year to 4.8 million and took two months off, traveled the world, got married, had days off, had free time. That was the result we helped her create. Now, the dynamic of how we did it. I can get into the strategy, but at the end of the day, that's what people are buying as, oh, I want Dr. Judy's freedom, or I want this, you know, that result that we help create. So I want you to really think about what is the result, your programs, your product, your service helps create for
1: people. I really like that. And One of the things that I'm thinking with that, I like that our personality should be results driven. I absolutely love it. And I think I could speak for an hour about what I'm getting out of that. It's really good. And that kind of leads me to this next question, though. You may have just answered it in this conversation. If you had to give one good piece of advice to our entrepreneurs today, aside from the fact, read your book and find out more about what you got because you're helping them be so successful. What would, what advice would you give us today? So my first book that I wrote, this is book number
0: 10. My first book that I wrote is called passion. And my editor gave me that name. And I'm like, Eva, it sounds like we're selling sex. She goes, sex sales, girl, you're going to see this. So I'm like, okay. She goes, when I read your book, It's all, you're so passionate about what you do. You're so passionate about what you talk about. And when I see an entrepreneurship, if you're just focusing on the money, it gets exhausting. I'm so passionate about helping entrepreneurs. Like I will stay up late. I will work longer hour. I'll do whatever it takes to have my clients win. And so I don't want you to hate what you do. If you hate what you do, go find something else to do. There's so many opportunities. Be so passionate about it that you would do it for free because when you're starting a business, you do do it for free or you do it for a nominal fee. So I want you to look at, have that passion for whatever it is that that will drive you in the hard times. That will drive you when you're ready to quit because you will want to quit. You will want to light a match. You will want to ditch it. You will want to go, I'm done. I'm done. And the passion will keep you focused. And so mine is outcome with my clients and my students. So I just want to help another man or another woman m- not have the same mistakes that I've had. Is Let me show you an easier way to do this. It doesn't have
1: to be hard. It has to be strategic. Susie, I've met a lot of successful people and Myself, I fell into this trap in corporate America while I was doing well. It was one of those get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to bed at midnight or 1 a.m. in the morning type of a career and a life. And I've seen entrepreneurs do this. So I got to ask you, are you just this is kind of a silly question? So are you just so successful because you just work nonstop and never sleep?
0: No, I'm so successful because the first person I always hire in any business I start, Tony, is an operations person the operation person helps me with all the minutia so that I can be amazing at my 15% cuz this is fun for me I love doing this and then my operations person is really doing all the back end and so you have to have team in order to grow now when I first start launch this business I'm like oh I got no sales no following no I'm like okay and I went I'm going to pay for an operations person. It was $2,500 when I started working with her. And I'm like, okay, what do I need to sell to cover her compensation for a year? So I sold one client, covered her compensation for a year. I'm like, okay, she's handled, right? So again, you've got to hire the people that are going to give you the most freedom. And I want you to focus on what result does that person need to create, right? My executive assistant, she knows her job is to make my job easier, to free up my time, to handle the minutiae, to check my email, to do all the minimal tasks. I want us to look as entrepreneurs, what's the highest income producing activity only you can do and delegate the rest.
1: Great advice. I think that's that's the best advice I've heard in a long time. I haven't said this, I don't think ever, in over 600 interviews. Susie, I like you and I like what you're about. I like your book. This is really great. This is the meat. This is not, I don't know about the potatoes. I'm being silly, (laughs) but this is the stuff. So I really like it. I encourage everyone to check it out. Once again, we talked about making a million or making a bazillion with Suzy Carter, and you can find her at suzycarter.com. Carter, again, is C-A-R-D-E-R. Susie, I want to thank you so much. This has been really informa- in, informational, informative, and everything else. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome, Tony, and thank you. Thank you for being who you are in the industry. I appreciate your time, your expertise, and appreciate the ability to serve your clients.
1: Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured a hot shot, a serious hot shot who took her vision to reality. Yes, an elite entrepreneur many times over. We discussed making a million with Susie Carter. We talked about quite a few things here. We talked about, well, what's her secret to building a multi-million dollar company? And we talked about some of her biggest lessons and we talked about how to deal with Growing your business if you don't have a lot of money. And she brought up some really wise points here about bringing on an operations manager and covering that and having that person take care of the key operations and bringing on an assistant to take care of all the emails and so forth. And it, and while we could have done a few more interviews, she set that stage so that she could do what she does best bring on the clients and teach the material while other people take care of, of, um, all the work and all the minutia. We talked about her book and you can get that at com. Check that out. That's really good. Talked about the script. It makes, she makes it so simple and yet she does it. You get 10 clients, you sell them $10,000 a month. There's your hundred thousand dollars a month. I mean, how simple, simple is that? And if you don't have a product that, You can sell for $10,000 a month. You're going to find it in Susie's book, get to learn Susie, find out all about her and get her book, get her material and grow your business. And please remember supporting the show with a nice review on Apple podcasts. If you have any Apple device. You win, you, you qualify and uh, just go to Apple podcasts, look up the Tony D'Urso show, and I would appreciate that and share this with a few friends and help them too. All right. So let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds. And join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Erso Show.